What's up, people? Um, exciting episode today of Just Being Earnest. And uh, I'm going to let this intro roll on one time because I'm... Just being earnest. And you can also... Just being earnest. Wrong grammar. Just being earnest. But we're all... Just being earnest. Okay, look, the sun just came up. It's coming up as we speak because uh, millionaires wake up at 5 o'clock. Not a millionaire, but hey, fake it till you make it. So I'm waking up at 5 o'clock. I got Folgers on, uh, on the pot and... It's brewing, so you might hear some birds chirping, or you might hear a little bit about me, because that's what I'm fixing to do. Look, I'm starting this podcast because uh, a couple reasons. One, I've always wanted to. Two, there's nothing else to do. Done it all. Um, So let me tell you, my name's Ernest. I was born and raised in Nashville, Tennessee. I grew up in a Christian home, the best parents I could ask for. Uh, played baseball all the way through high school, played one year college baseball. And, and something that's just stayed consistent throughout my whole life is my passion for music. It started at a super young age. I'm going to say like first grade. I've always wanted to do exactly what I'm doing right now, and I'm getting to do it. It's pretty, it's pretty wild. I'm a singer-songwriter, super lucky to have songs cut by people you'd probably know. And, uh, and I put out my own music as well. And that's a day one grind thing, and I'm going to keep doing it. I love making music. I spend a lot of time in uh, St. Thomas, Virgin Islands. Shout out VI. And uh, a lot of my music is inspired by my time in the islands. Uh, A lot of my music is inspired by my love story uh, with Delaney, my wife, Delaney Royer. Um, Super badass uh, graphic design artist. I'm going to have her on here on this podcast soon, too, uh, because she's also a Nashville native. And yeah, you can expect this podcast to be a lot of different things. I have a, uh, I have a lot of different types of friends, a lot of people in the music business, a lot of people that have started their own personal endeavors here in town, business owners. I look very forward to getting to share uh, a lot of those relationships with you people. That would be you. If you're listening... You're the people. Okay, boring you to death. Look, today's going to be an awesome episode. I got two of my best friends on here, one of them being Mitchell Timpenny. Mitchell is another Nashville native, born and raised right here. Great songwriter, great artist, and taken over Music City by storm. I've been sober. He gets up there. Look, I've known Mitchell for a long time. That's my guy. And I look forward to grilling him in this interview here in a minute. So I'm doing a co-write today with Mitchell and Dallas Wilson. Dallas, another Nashville native. Guy I grew up with. Uh, I've known ever since about the eighth grade. And just one of the best guys I know. Super talented. Songwriter uh, here in Nashville. He wrote Mitchell's big song, uh, I Don't Deal With Bitches No More. Uh, he's written a bunch of great songs. And more so, great guy. He also owns his own business, uh, Dallas Wilson Wedding Films, which is just crushing. Uh, But anyways, yeah, look, two of my best friends, both super talented, three guys born and raised in Nashville, hop on a podcast. This is that. Tune in. Just being earnest. Just being earnest. Just being earnest. Just being earnest. 
That's what horses are for, man. <laughs> That's what horses, horses are for. <laughs> right off in the sunset with the girl your yeah. daddy mama said you never end up with. It's a dumb decision. You get rolled around in a wheelchair, still there. Settling, but church folks still care. Down, down, and praise the Lord. That's what horses are for. What's up, y'all? I'm Ernest, and this is episode one of Just Being Ernest. This is going to be exciting. I've got uh, two really good friends, one special guest, and uh, the other one's Mitchell Timpin. Um, <laughs> No, the other, we got Dallas Wilson, and Mitchell Timpenny, two guys I've known since uh, I've known Mitchell since I was in fifth grade, and I met Dallas probably around eighth grade, and I didn't know they already knew each other when I met Dallas. Uh, music industry is a small world. We're gonna get into that in just a second. Uh, I want to start by thanking a couple sponsors I don't have yet. Uh, off the bat, I want to I want to thank Truly Hard Seltzer. Truly decent. Um, <laughs> Also, shout out Four Roses. Couldn't afford five. So, uh, <laughs> so Four Roses, good bourbon, good bourbon. I've also, I also like um, Eagle Rare. Um, I kind of, you know, if I was on the branding department, would have been Rare Eagle, but I guess that's the hipper way to go about it. Also, shout out Lighter Fluid. Any brand works for me. It's been helping Redneck start fires since, uh, since 20, since 840. They didn't put in the notes what year it started actually helping, so I'm going to guess around 1900. Uh, and my last my last shout out would be to Moonshine, dude, helping people pass admissions since 1776. Shout out George Washington, inventor of the first car. Yeah, uh, dude, a lot of people think George Washington cut down a cherry tree for no reason. No, how do you think he got his teeth? Exactly. He needed wood. And uh, I know that as a fact, because Robin Williams told me yesterday that that was that was true. Yes. Dude, more people need to be fact-checking facts with Robin Williams because he has all the he facts. He has them all. He's a genie. Yeah. Um, okay, so it, if you're just tuning in, you probably are because this is the first episode. Um, I was born and raised in Nashville, Tennessee, as well as my two other guests today. Um, we all make music. We're all creators. Uh, we're all goofballs. Um, I got a project out called Locals Only, and I'll probably play a little clip of that on the podcast, one of the songs. Let's say uh, sugar. In a little canteen south of the border, a bartender messed up an order. She got my Jose, I got a wine. I said, I'll buy them both this time. You dance with me in this blue moonlight night. Turned into the rest of the night like shells on the wave She swept me away For a minute we had it made Some nights came way too fast She had a stateside plane to catch And I still don't know where those silver wings took her But her name was Sugar She tastes so sweet Here with the tide and now with the breeze Kinda high makes you weak in the knees Right down to your soul She's a damn good looker Blonde hair and those ocean eyes can be anywhere, but it's looking like I never know. Mm, that memory still comes and goes. Oh, her name was Sugar. And we're back. And we're back, dude. Um, okay, Mitchell. Yep. What's up? Hey, man. Been a while. 
Yeah, man. We uh, just wrote a song today, though. We wrote a good song today. Yeah. It happens pretty quick. Dude, what do you think about Zoom writing during quarantine? Uh, I think it's about as cool as Zoom sex, you know? Yeah, it's just not the same. <laughs> just can't can't not, touch them while I write with them. Incels know? love Zoom writing. <laughs> <laughs> you can get a, get a long yeah, way. Yeah. Uh, but we actually wrote a song in person today. We stayed primarily six feet away from each other. Still we, are. We've, we've kind of always done that. Dude, I just don't want to be any closer. I don't think you want. You stink. I stink. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dallas smells good. Dallas always smells great. Dallas, say hi. What's up, team? Dude, um, these are two guys, probably two two of my best friends uh, in the world. I'm happy it worked out today. I was going to have Mitchell as a guest. I was going to have Dallas as a guest. And uh, we were scheduled to write today. So I was like, I guess we're both guests. Guests. I guess. I guess you're guests. Dang. Um, Can I cuss on this podcast? I hope you do. <laughs> I hope you do. I mean, if my youth minister's listening to it, hey, fucking sorry. <laughs> sorry, you knew what you're tuning into. You remember, you remember church camp. Yeah. So, oh, good lord, let's take time for this plane going by. Take your there hat off. There we go. So, Keith, right. uh, do you remember when we first met? There you go. First of all, who's Keith? Uh, Ernest Keith Smith. There you go. See, a lot of people <laughs> don't know. I have 34 names. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Ernest Keith Smith is my full name. Dallas asked me if I remember when we first met. This is cool. I was playing summer baseball. Uh, I think we were playing at like Brentwood High or Brentwood Civitan or one of those two. And Dallas was subbing in for our shortstop. Uh, shortstop? Shortstop? Yeah, S-C-W. Yeah. You know, don't fuck with me. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dallas was filling in for our shortstop. I was pitching a great game. Also having to text my girlfriend at the time, but I didn't have texting. <laughs> Ex-girlfriend. Ex-girlfriend. Yeah. You, you were yeah, grounded and you, you, t- you, you took my phone. Yes. Yeah, you're like, bro, out. I'm grounded. I don't have my phone. Can I borrow your phone to text my girlfriend? And you're actually throwing a no hitter and on your phone the whole time in the dugout. And yeah. I was like, who is this kid? <laughs> yeah. I, I think a lot of my success in life has been from not necessarily knowing what's going on around me. <laughs> So, naivety is the best thing that's happened to any of us. Is that a word, naivety? Naive? Ebony? Ebony. <laughs> ebony. Ebony. I mean, <laughs> ebony and ivory, dude. Great, great Bottom magazine. Naivety. Oh, like na- na- naive. Being... Is that how you say naivety? Hey, some... you're asking the worst guy Same. about. I'm talking about <laughs> na- my ass. I'm pretty na- naive. There you so. go. <laughs> um, no. what, does a, what does a horse say when he doesn't know what he's doing? Naive. <laughs> <laughs> What's what a gay horse says, dude? Okay, doesn't matter. All horses are accepted. Sexual orientation: I'm a horse. I fucking identify as a cow. You're you're able to go. Actually, your drinks are cheaper. So you can ride any of them. You're gonna get taxed less. (laughs) (laughs) Look, so we're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna nosedive into this, Um, Mitchell. Yep. I got some questions for you. You know me pretty well, right? Yeah, I think. Do you have do you do you have a first memory of me? I've I've never asked you this question. No, I have a first memory, but I want to see if you have one. I mean, no, you're just always around because yeah. my brother Rafe is Keith's best friend, and and Rafe's three years younger than me, and we all went to the same high school, so Keith was always around. I mean, I don't have like a specific first. I just it's kind of like the love. I just always feel like you've been there. I have, <laughs> so and I, I have, have a million stories, and, but not just. And, and I always will, and I always will. <laughs> I'm fully aware of that and prepared for it. Dude, my first memory of of you would have been uh, Rafe was over at my house one day. Shout out Rafe. 
Um, and we were a two man band in my garage and I had like a first act strat yeah. and Rafe was playing my terrible drum set. We were rocking out and, uh, all I wanted to do, cause you were in eighth grade, I was in fifth grade. You were in a emo band called Vincere. Yeah. And rest in peace. I mean, we can get deep into the fact that most of the music you listen to trickled down to me through Rafe. Therefore, I mean, I tell people all the time. V- heavily influenced by your musical inspirations just from being yeah. around because I'm always around. Ips so facto, I'm, I'm your boss. At the end of the day, <laughs> you're, no. you're my boss. But well, We learn together, man. Um, yeah, so we, me and Ray were jamming out in the garage and uh, on the Under Oath CD DVD, the, mm-hmm. the Reinventing Your Exit, that I think we all had, we watched that DVD and they're just rocking out, slinging guitars around. So hot. And all I wanted to do was that. So I... Stepped. I think we were playing Sweet Home Alabama. <laughs> of course. Who? 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 Doom. Slung the guitar. <laughs> Didn't know that strap locks were a thing. And my guitar went flying across the garage and smacked into oh. the wall. Broke it. And then several minutes later, you pulled up a fresh sixteen-year-old, fresh in a Mercury uh, Mountaineer. Mercury Mountaineer. That yeah. uh, what? Your cousin Whitney or? Uh, Aunt, your Aunt Whitney, it was hers, right? No, I gave it to her later. It was uh, J.R. Roper sold me that car, Lexus into Nashville. <laughs> or sold my parents that car. They bought me that car. Yes. Yeah. So I loved you, it. You, Squeaky Rafiki. Squeaky Rafiki. You drove me and Rafe uh, back to Lipscomb for something, uh, the school we all went to. Oh, wow. But, I, dude, I, I don't. I don't know. That's that was my first. first. Wow, that was my first memory. And my mom was going to have a heart attack because you were riding with a six fresh sixteen year old that she didn't know. But if she would have known the other things you were doing with fresh sixteen year olds at the time, she would she would have been relieved that I was in the whip (laughs) with you. (laughs) She would have been relieved that I was in the car with you. Um, It's been wild though. I mean, we we all grew up together. Music has been a big part of our life from jump. uh, Speaking for Dallas too. His dad, uh, songwriter. Session drummer played on tons of Brooks and Dunn, uh, George Strait hits. Wrote all my friends say for Luke, and uh, so when I met Dallas and we clicked at that baseball game, we were, we, we started talking music. I think I gave him a ride home that afternoon. Maybe you you actually gave me a ride for two months because I was grounded. That's right. And I and I uh, and his parents didn't know that <laughs> I would eventually be the worst influence he ever had. I don't think so. no. I remember it's funny because in that phase, I had like I, something happened that summer. I got grounded, and you were like you became one of my best friends, and you were the first person I started writing song co-writing songs with when we were sixteen. Right, and we ended up talking music that whole baseball game. And we would hang out in Mitchell's studio when Mitchell was in college. On Friday nights, I'd go to Sonic. Right. And we'd meet in Mitchell's studio his, right down the road. At his grandmother's house. And he wasn't even there, but we'd be trying to, like, well, throw down and stuff. And that's how my gear used to break. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, Rafe would always break your gear when I was there. Um, <laughs> On purpose. Just. No, but, uh, dude, I remember connecting that dot that night. We were talking, and I was talking about people I knew, uh, uh, Rafe and Mitchell. I think I think we went over to we went over to uh, – your parents' house that night, and then we all connected the dots that uh, your grandmother, Mitchell's grandmother, knew Dallas's dad. Uh, let's talk about that for two seconds. For like eight years, yeah. yeah. So um, Mitchell, Mitchell didn't have a choice. <laughs> Bump my head early. Um, Mitchell's grandmother Donna Hilly was the queen of Music Row, president of Sony ATV for years, 
and made a lot of power plays in the music industry uh, as a woman and has been, uh, what, a, a light tower for women getting into music business ever since. Talk a little bit about uh, being Donna Hilly's grandson when you were a kid. What was that like? Yeah, I mean, well, first off, she was a grandmother first, but I did get to, you know, very lucky to grow up in a, with my grandmother being who she was and saw how she handled the business of the music industry, how she handled it the right way, and also how she walked into a room and, and kind of just took it over by being this presence of powerful, but still this Southern Belle type thing from Alabama. And I was very lucky to grow up and learn the business because I love the music business just as much as I love writing songs and right. playing. And I definitely got that from her. And yeah, I'm very lucky to have that. Yeah. I mean, the, from the moment I met you and Rafe, we would always go to your grandmother's house because you always, as long as I've known you, you've had a studio at home. Yeah, because she let, and that's another testament to her. She let me have a room in her house, every every house or every aspect of it, for me to create stuff. And so I started building studios when we were 13, 12 years old. Yeah, I mean, uh, your your studio at her at her house on Linden Ave over here was mm-hmm. the first my first studio experience when we, we were hanging out i mean looking at mine too well i mean my studio experience was finding your porn magazines <laughs> so you're actually making music <laughs> <laughs> maximum they were no, still re- close to porn i mean we have a lot we have a lot of uh it's funny d- definitely the first porn dvd i saw rafe stole out of your room uh it was bear witch you remember <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> You the know, Bear Winch Project? Yes. It came free in a magazine that Ronnie gave us. Yeah, we, we don't have to <laughs> dig deep into Ronnie. Well, but, uh, they can deep into um, everything now. I'm very nostalgic. Yeah, but so so that was the Linden House. Um, we we could we could talk about the Linden House a little bit if you want it to if you want to. I mean, yeah, it's uh um historical house dude. historical house the big white house on linden avenue is still there they redid it because it caught fire and it's very haunted it used to be like a civil war hospital my grandmother bought it and redid everything so there's a lot of ghosts in there which i definitely believe in ghosts we've seen them yep felt they're there but they're always nice they're just kind of scary and people fucked up people are skeptic about ghosts i have been too but i mean they're real as shit they're very real yep and they aren't all necessarily scary, but stuff happened in that yeah. Linden house for sure. Yeah, they just freaked you out. It's I think there's a difference in like demons and ghosts, and these are just ghosts, and they just like kind of wanted to say boo. I bet they have a sense of humor, just, just like say, all of us. Hey, hey, just hey, slamming, just, 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 just slamming fucking doors and making noise all here. Excuse me, boo. <laughs> <laughs> good ghost, dude. Good ghost. Good go- anyway, they let us be. We got out of there. We're fine. Yeah. So the now we're getting back to what Dallas was saying. How we'd hang out uh, at your grandmother's. She moved over to Brentwood, uh, I think maybe our freshman year of high school or something like that. And that was the hangout. That was where I fully got into making music. Yeah. Um, even if we were rapping, I mean, we all grew up on all different types of music mm-hmm. from hardcore rock, country, uh, screamo, rap, R&B, Craig David. I know both mm. of us absolutely yeah. love some Craig David. I'm it down. Yeah, that kind of that yeah. fast stuff. We've been doing that since. Dude, Seven, seven Days was yeah. like, that opened yeah. my... Opened my mind to a whole new realm of music. Mm. But um, yeah, so it's really cool. Mitchell and I started, uh, we started making music in the same room. And then fast forward uh, to 2013 or so, um, I met the Warren brothers and who were Sony writers at the time. I think signed, I think your grandmother signed them. Yeah, uh, she signed them because they were funny. And she said, if you're writing with Tom Douglas and you're this funny, 
uh, you have a you have a job and yes, <laughs> like that, literally that was it. They were like, you don't want to hear music. She goes, nah. If you're this funny and you sound and you're writing with Tom Douglas, you're hired. Yeah, you got a, you got a job. You're a songwriter, dude. The the Warren Brothers saw that in in us and they exactly. signed us to our first pub deal. Uh, ironically, through Sony because you were adamant on not pulling the the grandmother card to yeah. get to get anywhere in the music business and you didn't. Yeah, and she had already passed away at that time, and and the industry moves quick and. So it was just it just felt right because of the Warren Brothers believing in us, and it's kind of what we needed at the beginning. Because again, we were so naive. We needed someone that has some respect to kind of tell you, "I think I think you you can do this." Yeah, you know? they, they nodded their cap for us, and we got in a ton of rooms that first year or two we were writing. We wrote so many songs. Yeah. Uh, some people know pissed this. Pissed a few people off. <laughs> yeah, pissed a few people off. But Mitchell and me were gonna be a duo, dude. Yeah. Brentwood David Brentwood Davidson line Williamson Davidson line still plenty of opportunities just not yet yeah Yeah. not yet we're gonna wait till see what let these careers fizzles out fails first jump on the other other one ship that's exactly (laughs) right um no it's crazy so I'm what are we in six years seven years down the road and we're still writing songs today both of us our own artists now songwriters um and I won't I won't get sappy but I definitely am where I am today because you. You didn't mean to at all, but you did light a little bit of a way. It led me to some dark places, <laughs> and I used God and my family to get out of those. Fair. We, I, we've all done that. It, it works. We all kind of inspired each other, man, just going in and doing this shit and and just making music. It's, it starts there, and then you become in the business, and then you start getting all fucked up in your head and how the politics work. But before politics were the reason you... You fell in love with this so much that you can deal with that bullshit now. All you wanted, all you want to do whenever you got done doing whatever you had to do is meet back up at the studio. Yeah. We hang out. I mean, all of my high school memories are at the studio. That's what yeah, all of our friends would say at the studio. It's really just race grandmother's house. We'd go party and debauchery because <laughs> yeah. nobody's going to come check on us downstairs. Um, <laughs> yeah, I lost my virginity in your studio. That's that's you know that I, right? I know. Well, now that smell makes sense. That was that was that was that was. Uh, Definitely. I think that was Rafe. Yeah, but <laughs> that was it. Um, and I don't know well, if good this for is you on the church pew of the Ryman. Yeah, I mean, let's. I don't want to just. We can brush over this, but <laughs> it was. I mean, sometimes I'm like, ah, I mean, that's a cool it, it place. The, I mean, you want to talk about the worst sex ever? Right then, <laughs> it it already finished. Worst sex, <laughs> the best place. Start talking about it. Already done, but. <laughs> on a rhyme, on a on a pew from the yeah, rhyme. Yeah, my grandmother got a, a pew from the original rhyme, and, and I put it in my studio, and so. <laughs> just, <laughs> so I went ahead. Such ironic. It is. I mean, the the music, the country music gods are just SMH, LOL, <laughs> but for real. <laughs> um, anyway, that's good stuff. Good yeah, to know. yeah, it's crazy. Um, let's talk a little bit about quarantine because this sucks. Yeah, it's it's pretty fucking bullshit you you'd been touring like crazy for the last yeah. three years yeah and now that's come to a halt for the um foreseeable future what are you doing on quarantine what are you feeling like um i'm feeling pissed off i'm doing a lot of nothing and um you know i i wanted a break we've been going hard super hard and um and then all of a sudden i get a break forcefully not like on my decision and then you're sitting here like, shit, I really do want to get back. I need to get back out and play music. Financially, one reason, because I have a billion people that have believed in me and my crew and guys that have been on the road that left their family, including my brother, they all need, they all have jobs and they don't have them right now because of this. And it's it's just one of those tough things where 
you want to be politically correct. You want to say the right thing. And at the same time, you're, uh, you have your own fucking opinions and you, yep. you kind of dealt and learned, learned what's going on. You're like, man, at some point we, uh, we can't burn the village down to save it. We've got to go out and make our own decisions and be smart. And what, where it comes to is we all need to come together is be fucking smart and don't touch each other. Don't sneeze on each other. Don't, you don't have to get too close, but we, there's a way we can run this business and do this thing and, and not kill the entire economy. Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, it, well, totally. It's never going to be like it was, though. I don't think no, it's meet ever going to gone. Meet and greets are gone. I mean, that was one of my favorite parts. I mean, your 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 fans and these people that have supported you your whole life, they're not going to pay or buy a meet and greet if they can't shake your hand or hug you. And and same thing, fan. We we want that engagement as well. Like that's we so need cool. that. That's where you win a lot yeah. of fans. Well, and also it's where you realize what you're doing is is helping. Like when someone comes and tells you personally, face to face, even even more than on Instagram or on Facebook, when they look you in the eyes and say, hey, this song is this to me or whatever. Right. Like, that's why we did it as kids because we had those artists. We wanted to walk up to a meet and greet and do the same thing. Yes. And I don't know if those, I don't know how those are ever going to come back um, with with this yeah. day and time. It's going to be interesting. And as an artist, you, you, are, you have always been great about that because I know as a fan of music, you've always had your whatever, your Mount Rushmore of artists that you like to meet or that have, you have gotten to meet through doing this. And that is such a huge part of it is finally getting to get that FaceTime. Yeah. Um, it is going to be interesting to see how we all adjust to this, but we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Have you been doing, uh, have you been doing any Pilates on, on quarantine, getting those quads looking good? Yeah. Yes, I have been doing Pilates. That's good, dude. That's if exactly could, what I've been doing. We, we <laughs> Mitchell insisted we didn't have video today because he didn't want to make John Langston jealous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> dude. So, all right. What? Your first, <laughs> stop laughing. What, what was the first project you put out? Would would you call the first project you put out the Black Crow? No, telling all my secrets. It was. I mean, I mean, sorry. No, trying that was matter. sorry. <laughs> that was my last project I put. Trying to matter was the first that's project right. I put out where I oh, took pictures in my little dude. I had a, ja I had a jacket. I have ripped know. so many guitar parts yeah. off of that project. <laughs> Please, nice. it's dude. It, 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 there. I did it all myself in my little studio. Didn't didn't have a master. What's I the Westbound train? Yeah, uh, how's, how's Eastbound train at Memphis. Memphis. The empty tonight. Yes, yeah, yes. Like it's pretty much walking in Memphis. I actually think I have the CD in my car somewhere. It's my my deep funny. track on that is full on a boardwalk. Oh, full, full on, on, on a boardwalk. Board, that guitar part was fun. That's I used a, to write like guitar parts first. Now as a songwriter, it's like I got the chords. I'll do stuff later. But it used to like that whole record was driven with like guitar cool. parts because we were learning john mayer influences yeah yeah and and matt words and dave barnes and yes dude. ben rectors and yes and cats. that i was always just trying i was yeah i mean whatever years behind you but i know me and rafe sat around all the time learning your guitar parts and then also trying to learn matt words john yeah. mayer dave all that um and then so you've always been super independent with what you do um and wanting to own your stuff and then so, so you did that. Then you did a Black Crow album. With, yeah, with Matt Swanson out in, uh, in Turlock, California. And that kind of opened up my my entire realm was meeting him. Like why we have Riser House today, why right. have a JV with Sony Records. Why, anything became from this this God thing that introduced me to this guy out of nowhere. And he's just a huge music fan and, and believed in you. Yeah, and had the resources to believe in someone and do the what it takes to to get it out there and and it's I don't I don't exist without Matt Swanson, that's for sure. Not in this capacity by any means. So It's pretty crazy how um yeah, dude, ro roadblocks I feel like for mo for most people that have some kind of a success story, 
a roadblock has really just been a setup, not a setback. Absolutely. There you go. Um, because <laughs> write that down. Write that down. Hey, somebody, somebody got to get that. Um, it's just been dope to see and inspires me too, because like you're calling me Keith snow, Ernest. I've, I've always had a bunch of nicknames, but like finding my voice in my artistry has probably been, I wouldn't say hard, but it's been a long road to get here because we are so influenced by so many different things. And yeah. I just make whatever music I feel like making that day at the time. Yeah. Period. It's, I don't like boxes, man. No, I don't like boxes. And I don't like new boxes with Corona on them. I just don't like no, any kind of box. No, no boxes. <laughs> and, and it's weird because the, the more legit your career becomes, the more imaginary boxes there are that other people are see these boxes, yeah, right? Putting them around you, and it's like, man, I don't, I don't do boxes. I don't do. Hey, excuse the only me, sir. Boxes I do are boxing out, boxing out when Kobe's shooting three. Yeah, or yeah, because yeah. you're gonna get the rebound. <laughs> yeah, boxing. You remember that one? Rebound. Yeah, we did write a song Dude, called <laughs> Rebound. Dude, we wrote so many songs. I'm on the rebound. Something like that. I don't remember. I don't either. Uh, also, don't care. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It sucked. Um, so it did suck. That's that's why we're here today writing songs that don't <laughs> suck. Uh, what do you got coming out soon? You got you got music out. You got more coming? Tons of music coming. We have so many songs. We're just like this new day and time. And I've and I've talked to my to all my team is we're just gonna start releasing stuff, man. Everyone deserves it. We want new music. Got a Lewis Capaldi cover we just did that we're that we're coming out with. And, it's great, and I uh, can't wait for y'all to hear that. But um, yeah, just tons of stuff, man. We're gonna just just be looking at your phone on a random day, and here's a new song. Yeah, I think that's gonna be the big adjustment for artists and labels and stuff. Now that you're not touring, it's like okay, well, got to feed. Yes, and I'm hungry. That's gonna be the fun part for artists though, because Absolutely. now we're gonna get to put music out. Amen. Um. Dallas, I got a question for you. Thanks, Mitchell. Would you just hold on just a second? Yeah, man. Of course. Dallas, come on. Yeah, brother. Yeah, oh, you're five feet. Dallas, Six we wrote feet. we wrote some songs early on before I mean when they were just terrible, but in the moment yeah. we were absolutely dominating songs. Would you just uh shed a little bit of light on the time I wrote a song for you <laughs> uh slash your significant other? I we I haven't thought about this in a long time. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, so you you had a significant other. Was it an anniversary or a Christmas present? Uh, I think this was a one-year anniversary of dating my high school sweetheart, and this song, I think, solidified another five years for me. And I think She it, still doesn't know that you wrote that song. Right, that's why we're leaving her name out, but I, I think that it's my first cut. It was my first taste of ghostwriting, uh-huh. and it totally did. It, it, it pushed y'all's expiration date back another five years it, for it, sure. Sure. Let me tell you what you also did. You convinced me to line up candles in the bonus room. You said you need to line up some candles I'm all the way to the computer, and I made a slideshow. Did I really do that? Yeah, I it blacked was, out. It was complete. Well, I blacked out. Blacked out. <laughs> no, no, okay. no. Do tell. So, so Romeo? literally, um, uh, what was the song? I could, I could sing it if we sang one lyric of it. It was incredible. Um, uh, it wasn't. It doesn't matter. But it was a sweet love song that we recorded probably, on GarageBand. Oh, beautiful oh I got it. I got it. Uh, under the covers in a sweet, sweet secret shared under the covers. Don't say anymore because somebody might steal it. Three words. <laughs> it was the, 
three well, now, now words you whispered in my ear. Oh, wow. All those times you long for a kiss. Baby, oh my God, how I miss <laughs> all the times we sent to you, each did other. Did you sing it or did you have Keith he, sing it? I, he, he sang it. I sang oh, it, okay, but, cool. but Keith wrote it and he goes right. And what was so brilliant is this is this is a prophecy over Keith. Ernest. Sorry, Ernest. <laughs> no, I mean, dude, Ernest. look. It's Ernest. I also tell people all the time, I, I'm able to categorize who knows me how by the three words they call. If you call me Keith, you knew me You knew me pre-2008. Yeah. If you know me as Snow or Snowflow, you knew me up until 2014. Gotta, every time we call you Keith on the podcast, if the videos are it's parentheses, so i think it was prophetic in your career because you were you're were writing for other artists back then and then yep you know here we are and now you're yeah always just the guy behind the scenes making it happen for but, others but it's, so. but now it's it's stepping out and doing it and it is cool i mean we're talking so. about we we're talking about it earlier how um like weird we did today when we wrote was essentially exactly what we were doing in high school. We all got together. Yeah. We're just friends except hanging some, out. Yeah, except someone pays us now. Yes, <laughs> it's cool yes, yes. Not much, but yeah, it works. <laughs> but it's all good. Um, let's see here. I probably got a couple more things. Oh, so sports aren't happening. You're a huge no. sports fan. Yeah, you're a Titans guy. Tighten up. Tighten up, dude. How are we going to tighten up this year? We're gonna have. Uh, we're gonna play sports this year. I'm just gonna just leave that optimism out. Hey, Goodell. (laughs) Hey, Goodell. Hey, Goodell. Why don't you grab your notepad? Because Timpani says we're playing sports this year. I swear to God, he was drunk. Like, here's the thing: if you don't, this there's gonna be so many people go insane if we don't figure something the fuck out soon. One of it being. We need fucking sports. We need fucking sports. But think about, dude, there's a really niche crowd. I, I say niche. It's a huge amount of people very that are a, de- a very quiche crowd, and they keep egging me on. <laughs> uh, to- <laughs> sorry, sorry, I had to. Sorry, um, no, but dude, I, I said it was a niche crowd. It's actually a huge crowd of the betting community, bro. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Are, they're betting on the weather. You know that, right? It's, they, people are yeah. literally betting on the weather. Yeah, that's how you know. It's, it's tough. It's tough, man. We need we need sports back. We need to figure it out. Now. Who, who did the Titans get last night? I didn't watch. Last night was the draft. Um, yeah. What did we do? I didn't. We got an offensive lineman to protect Tannehill, which we need a big old big old boy, six six. Taylor Luan? No, no. Taylor. We do have Taylor, and he's amazing. Now we're get. We just know. We Shout out the boy, Taylor Luan. He is incredible. That's my jersey. You got the authentic seventy seven. No big deal. Um, but yeah, I mean, we we know why we won last year. Uh, Derek Henry's a beast and. And we got a quarterback that's throwing it on, you know, throwing it on the numbers again. So we decided we need to protect that. And uh, since we lost Conklin, we picked up we picked up the new new big boy, and I like it. Yeah, uh, sports in general is super momentum based, and the Titans came out of last season. I mean, you can't you can't ever expect a team to start the next season with the flame they had they ended last season with. But Nashville is a city that will get yeah. the fuck behind. Yeah. A and there's a literal team. flame on our on our logo. So that, that's one of one. Mm-hmm. I don't know of yeah. any other NFL team with a flame on their logo. No. But we're fire, 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 fire. The Titans are going to tighten up, spiking up while I'm spriting stuff. Um, uh, NBA for two seconds. LeBron James. Yeah. Well, yeah, you beat me to it because look, if you know anything about the Ten Pennies, these motherfuckers will argue. Dude, what color shirt am I wearing right now? 
That's a gray, gray Ooh, shirt. It's kind of navy. So. <laughs> oh, that's close. I uh, thought you were going to argue. It's got but, some na- I don't know. <laughs> Mitchell Tenpenny and Rafe Tenpenny will argue to the grave. And I think the number right. one thing that y'all agree on is that LeBron James is the best basketball player. That's ever lived, no doubt. And even during, now we got the last dance series coming out with Michael Jordan. It's incredible. I'm it's loving so good. it. It's so good. Watch it. It's, it's inspiring. It's everything. But LeBron's still the best. And do then you, Michael, and then Kobe, and then Shaq. Yeah, but don't you do you not then agree Magic. that there's a little bit of just stop comparing and appreciate? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'm not, I only compare when you ask me to compare. Yeah, well, I didn't. I mean, you got Kobe, Kobe, and and Michael were the same player. They walked the same way. That's they creepy. Talk, Those videos are creepy. They're the same player, so you can you can do that match. But LeBron's different. He's bigger. He plays all positions. He's like Michael Jordan with Magic's body. Yeah, just a different thing. So yeah, I'm I'm with you. Quit comparing, but he's the best. Uh, I asked that to set up this is like after the Kobe death tragedy mm-hmm. um, shook the world. The Lakers had a little bit of a rough start coming out of that, which mm-hmm. is understandable. But then they were absolutely on fire. And I totally believed that they were getting ready to go on to win the ship. What what happens? What happens to the NBA this year? Are we done? I know, and that's another thing because LeBron deserves another championship. They yes. were going to win. They're killing it. This he's still he's still the MVP. He should be the MVP. And yeah, what are we just going to cancel a an incredible year that was almost into the playoffs? Like this is just and you can't go back and have a playoffs with no fans because no fans are fans, fans are that's not that's the so, environment's the whole point yeah, of absolutely. The I don't know. Just fucking we need to fucking play sports again, y'all. Like if you if you don't want to come, don't come. Like if you don't want to come, don't come. And if you do, be respectful. Don't sneeze on each other, y'all. Dude, and and I think that's really well said. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't want to come, don't come, and let's not sneeze on each other. Yeah, it's as simple as that. That's bottom line. Um, let's see here. I want to just uh, wrap this up really quick and oh. say, first of all, first time he said that. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> the 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 rhyme and beauty was hella wrapped up. <laughs> I'll have the world know that I, I've wrapped up a few times. But today, I'm talking about wrapping up this fucking podcast. And when we get done, we're going to finish talking about how much bullshit it is that you come on my podcast as my first guest and start saying petty-ass shit like wrap it up. I understand the mic's hot. Let's shut the fuck up and get... Let's finish shut the, the shit. Up. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Ah, I hate this guy. <laughs> Um, no, dude, thank you for being my first guest. Uh, obviously my easiest ask. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough, man. And I have a chance. I do. We were going to write a song today and it, it just would, you helped me out a lot. Uh, I owe you. Thank you for being on, uh, just being earnest, dude. Here, I'll, I'll ask you one last question. Yep. If you're just being earnest, mm-hmm. what would your next single be? Oh man, probably a song we wrote together. And that's what I like to hear. Man, okay. Well, I'm going to let the music take us out, and we'll, we're going to call this Just Be an Earnest. <laughs> See it. Just be an earnest. 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 Just be an earnest.